Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Fielder Church podcast, where we hope to bring you interesting conversations that offer you biblical, practical advice on how to live as a follower of Christ outside the walls of the church. Today, we are continuing in our two-part series called Celebrating Differences, where we look to see how we can equip you to live a diverse life outside the walls of the church. So today, I am joined by my friend and coworker, Larry Dan Melton. I'll let him introduce himself, but we have a very interesting conversation for you today talking about differences as it pertains to age and opinions and lots of different other ways. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. LD, thank you for joining us today. First, right off the bat, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family? Yes. So my name is Larry Dan Melton Jr. People often ask me why I go by Larry Dan. Yeah. I've got two kind of first names, but my dad is Larry. Hmm. So instead of being little Larry all of my life, (laughs) we go by Larry Dan, or as you say, LD. But my wife is JG. We've been married for 27 years. Yeah. Blessed, blessed. I married up. She's great. Yes, yes, she is. (laughs) And then we have uh, five kids. Mm -hmm. Four of those are boys and our daughter, um, JC. But they range in age from 22 to 14. Mm -hmm. And so I used to say that with my boys, I didn't have to worry about competition. (laughs) It just woke up. And I can say JC is just as competitive as my boys. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love your family and you are a blessing to Fielder. Um, For those who may not know you very well, can you tell us about how long you've been at Fielder and just your experience as you've seen Fielder grow, right? We're talking about celebrating differences. You have been, I'll let you tell them how long you've been here, but um, you've been at Fielder for a long time. You've seen a lot of growth in a lot of different areas as we pursue differences and diversity. So just walk our listeners and viewers on YouTube just through that journey that you have um, seen at Fielder. Yeah, so JG and I had the wonderful opportunity of actually connecting with Fielder as newlyweds in 1994, believe oh, it or not. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so we came to Fielder as guests, walked in and were welcomed. We actually were taken into Rick Weintraub's newlywed class. Yeah. Uh, we became members, but we were only here then for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I moved to Amarillo where I did student ministry, and then we moved back in 2000 where I uh, went to Southwestern Seminary. Yeah. And at that time, I got on staff. So I've been on staff here in August. It'll be 22 years. Wow. So originally, I started out as associate rec um, and associate yeah. children's pastor. Mm-hmm. And then in 2004, I became the children's pastor and then continued mm-hmm. until recently where I've stepped into the Pioneer Campus pastor role. Cool. And that's where you serve now. So yes. you have, you know, we have a vision at Fielder Church that started in 2016 with these audacious, God-sized vision goals. And then we have these core values that kind of break those down. And one of them is that we would celebrate differences. Now, I have you know, some of the wording here that it's, you know, because we celebrate differences, this means we make room for different opinions, ideas, methods. Everyone's unique and everyone is in is needed in order to make a kingdom difference. You know, this idea of there's a lot of differences because God made us to reflect his beauty. And so how have you seen Fielder grow in this from maybe when you started back in the 90s until now? Just seems weird to say the 90s. <laughs> I was born in the 90s. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what's been so beautiful for me is, you know, when we came as newlyweds, mm-hmm. it the church looked like us. It was yeah. predominantly white. Mm-hmm. 
And I loved Pastor Gary's vision back then to reflect more of our neighborhood, not to run from this community, yeah. but run to it mm -hmm. and to really embrace what heaven is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I could not be more excited to celebrate every week through the different cultures, different mm -hmm. peoples, different ages mm -hmm. that come through the doors of all of our campuses. Mm -hmm. You know, as yeah. a, a pastor, I'm making first time guest phone calls. And yeah. oftentimes I struggle to even pronounce their names correctly mm -hmm. because they're people coming from around the world that are yeah. entering our doors. Mm -hmm. And it's been so beneficial for mm -hmm. me as a dad, mm -hmm. as a leader in ministry, yeah. to be around people from different cultures, different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's like sitting at a table. Yeah. When you've got an object in the middle, from my perspective, I'm only getting one side of it. Mm -hmm. But when you have people that are sitting in the other seats on the other sides, mm -hmm. and you're having a conversation with them about their differences mm -hmm. and their different perspective, yeah. it helps us collectively have a mm -hmm. vision of the mm -hmm. whole. And I really that believe that mm -hmm. that's really what God intends, is yeah. for us to be with different people mm -hmm. to really get a view of his love for all of us. That's so good. I mean, we all have different life experiences um, that shape us and mold us, you know, God's sovereign. And so we all have different stories. And so do you have times in your life where you have maybe experienced or learned from somebody that had a different perspective that made you better because of their different perspective? Yes. You know, so I grew up actually in a high school that was very diverse. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm so thankful now that I grew up in that culture of having friends that were different from me. Mm -hmm. But even then, I still had my perspective, my view on different things. And as we've navigated the tension in different races and different cultures and yeah. things like that, because we are a diverse church, mm -hmm. it's afforded me the opportunity to sit at the table with friends from different backgrounds, yeah. different races. And I had yeah. one of my really good friends who is an African-American just sharing with me some of the things that he struggles with, mm. you know, and had I not sat down and asked questions had conversations, mm -hmm. you know, sitting at that table, I would have only looked at it from my yeah. perspective, mm -hmm. but he was able to show me a perspective that I'd never seen before or even thought of. Mm -hmm. Now as a dad, mm -hmm. I get the opportunity mm -hmm. to share his perspective mm -hmm. with my children right. so that they can embrace and celebrate those differences yeah. with their friends and the people mm -hmm. around them as well. Yeah, no, that's so good. I think I mean, that's what makes us better as a church. Um, that's what makes you a better dad. It makes you and JG better parents, that we get to learn from other people with different backgrounds. So I love that as your approach. Well, you did tell us that you were the children's pastor for many, many years. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe the philosophy in the children's ministry to kind of bring about multi-generational discipleship? I kind of want to chase this rabbit for a little bit. Like, tell me a little bit about how you're using different ages and people to disciple our kids and why that's important. You know, one of the things that, that God put on my heart many, many years ago is that when a child comes to that place of realizing their sin mm -hmm. and their need to be saved and, and confessing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Jesus tells us that he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And what I love to, to tell kids and families is that child receives the full gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. They don't receive a kid-sized version of that mm -hmm. spirit, which means that we as the generation before them mm -hmm. shouldn't hinder them yeah. in their discipleship. Mm -hmm. But what's so beautiful about being a multi-generational yeah. church mm -hmm. is we have people that are before them, that are grandparents, mm -hmm. that have lived more life than I have, yeah. that have seen and learned different perspectives, 
they've walked through the valleys of difficulties, yeah. but they've been able to celebrate the victories of God in their life. Yeah. And who better to share these stories than these individuals mm-hmm. that have gone before them? Yeah, and, you good. know, so one of the things that I've had the benefit of being at Fielder for so long is that my children have <laughs> got to go through these That's ministries. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And so with Gage, for example, was, was one of my kids that had a leader in preschool that mm-hmm. poured into him. Yeah. You know, he goes to children's ministry, has more pouring into him in children's mm-hmm. ministry. And the same is in the student ministry. And all of my kids have had that experience, right, but right. I just want to kind of focus in on what where Gage is at right now. Mm-hmm. Gage is in San Diego, California, living a sent life. Yeah. And I believe that, yes, JG and I poured into him, mm-hmm. but it was these multi-generational mm-hmm. people who were part of Fielder yeah. that was sharing the love of Jesus to mm-hmm. my kids. Right. And now Gage is mm-hmm. in San Diego mm-hmm. having one of our church planners, Charlie, yeah. continuing to pour into him. So mm-hmm. these multi-generational um, influence in the life mm-hmm. of a kid is so beneficial. And yeah. one of the things that, that I, I would have people come to me, parents, and say, Larry Dan, why is it that you can say this once to my child mm. and they get it? <laughs> and, and what I would tell them is it's because you say it 20 times. Mm. And oftentimes in the children's ministry and student ministry, we're the echo mm-hmm. of what takes place at home. Yeah. But these multi-generational conversations echo yeah. the truths that mom and dad speak at home. Yeah, no, that's so good. I um, So you hinted on why it's important to be a multi-generational church, but I mean, we're not going to talk about butterflies and rainbows here. Like this comes with challenges. You know, we have seen lots of challenges that come with pursuing differences and diversity. Um, so maybe what are some challenges, if you can think of any of that may come with pursuing being a multi-generational church, what would you say? Well, I, I think it, it all comes back to a heart issue. Mm-hmm. You know, even for me, I, I will come into church and there's certain things that I want, certain expectations that I have of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that Jason often talks about in relationship that cause problems are unmet expectations. Yeah, that's good. And I think that even within the church, we as individuals, regardless of our age or our culture or wherever we come from, mm-hmm. we can come into the church building mm-hmm. and have expectations of what should take place. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I put Jesus on his throne, mm-hmm. it helps me see people the way that God sees them. Yeah. Because Jesus says, a new command I give you is to love others the way that I've loved you. Mm-hmm. And so when I realize how much grace I'm a recipient of, mm-hmm. I can't help but give that grace to others. Yeah. And the other thing that, that I've realized is too many times in my life, I expect those who are not followers of Jesus to be Christ-like. And so when they reveal a sin nature, Mm -hmm. too often we respond with our sin nature. And these are gospel opportunities. So Mm -hmm. I can't expect them to be Mm Christ-like until they come to that place of understanding who Christ is. So when we deal with these tough issues within Mm -hmm. the church, we've got to realize what is my bias? What is my sin nature? Mm -hmm. And in that, I've got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and let the Holy Spirit guide me. And so when there's situations where maybe someone's upset because it's not a 
certain style of worship right. that appeals to them, mm-hmm. or it's not an environment that they feel welcomed in, mm-hmm. my response should be the fruit of the Spirit because I'm listening to the Spirit mm-hmm. and letting Him be the one to bring the unity. Because mm-hmm. even in my flaws, I'm going to be imperfect, yeah. but that's where the Holy Spirit can bring unity in the midst of diversity. That's so good. I because we are becoming more and more a diverse church in ages, socioeconomic status, um, race, culture, language, there are lots of those kind of tension points where we're like, oh man, I just, it'd be so much easier if we just all were okay with this, you know, but I love your response to say, no, like I'm, I'm going to pursue you and see you and be humble <laughs> to serve you just like Jesus would. And I mean, that's, I think what grows diversity, a hundred percent, like what you're saying. So that's a great perspective that we should all have. Definitely. Um, I want to go back a little bit to just what we were previously talking about. And at Fielder, we have, uh, we call it a birth descent pipeline where you mentioned about your son, Gage, being all the way from preschool to being sent as a missionary. And so how has, how have you seen that birth to sent maybe pipeline play out in the discipleship of our students in, in being equipping them to send, you know, <laughs> in your experience? I have to tell you, <laughs> this excites me so much Yeah, because there was a day at Fielder when we really weren't passionate about sending people. Yeah. And there were many, many years in the children's ministry that we were pushing, you know, to send sixth graders on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. But there was a, a time where that really wasn't happening other places. Mm -hmm. We would do short-term trips, but it was more kind of an afterthought. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely love the fact that my kids Mm -hmm. have the privilege and the opportunity. Even now, there's family mission trips that are sending out with kids younger, and they can experience different cultures, different Mm -hmm. people groups, even different religions to understand Mm -hmm. where people are coming from so that we can help them Mm -hmm. understand how to engage them with the gospel. Mm -hmm. But my kids, I mean... My kids have gone to Haiti. My kids have gone to yeah. Moldova. My kids have gone to Central Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids actually are right now at uh, student camp. Yeah. <laughs> but they're also gearing up to go to Houston and New York. And mm-hmm. as a dad, that so excites me that this isn't something that we just talk about. Mm-hmm. This is something that we're living out. That's right. Even with our college students, mm-hmm. you know, being sent. Mm-hmm. It's part of the culture of expectation of... Mm-hmm. I want to be a difference maker because the gospel's made a difference in me, mm-hmm. and I want to embrace yeah. the culture around me, mm-hmm. even if it's different, even if I, I'm imperfect in it. But that's because we understand that the gospel compels us to go into the differences mm-hmm. and to equip our kids to go and do the same. Yeah, no, that's so good. I mean, yeah, I'm sure as a parent, just having others around you and a church around you that's discipling your kids to see other cultures is beautiful. And I know I just had some friends go on the Southeast Asia trip and there was a three-year-old on that trip. Like the parents brought their toddler to Central Asia or Southeast Asia, excuse me. And just the impact that that's going to have on his just development of just seeing the world the way that God created it. It's just so beautiful. I love those opportunities. And you know, with that, one of the things that really is a great start in that is our serve the city. Yeah. Because it's a great way to just start and serve, get involved. And in that, there are some complexities in a multi-generational aspect, trying to help. How do we accommodate our seniors? Because Mm -hmm. we want our senior adults to be valued. Mm -hmm. We want 
them to see that they play a vital role in this mission. Mm-hmm. That this isn't the the Great Commission isn't something that mm-hmm. once you get to a certain age you stop doing. The Great Commission is actually on us until mm-hmm. we breathe our last. And so we even with our our birth descent mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. yes, we're working to equip parents of preschoolers to understand they're raising yeah. arrows mm-hmm. to be sent. But we're also working with our senior adults to see the fact that yeah. the gospel still compels us to reach people for Christ. In fact, mm-hmm. just in March, I had the privilege of being with a man who was 70 years old mm-hmm. and he gave his life to Christ wow. and he just passed away. Mm. I, I, I did the funeral and I calculated that from the time that he accepted Christ until the time that he stepped into eternity with Jesus mm-hmm. was just a hundred days. Mm. But so many times in the church, we have a mindset that our seniors know Christ, Mm. but we can't make that assumption. Mm -hmm. So we still have to pursue the seniors in our community, Mm -hmm. and we have to make sure that they're just as welcomed as our other cultures Mm -hmm. and languages. And so that's a vital part of the ministry at Fielder here as well. Yeah, no, I love that you went there. You're right. A lot of times we do talk about students or kids or how can we disciple and equip them and have older generations pour into them. But... Um, you have also been a big part of kind of revitalizing and helping kind of rebirth our senior adult ministry. It kind of dwindled a little bit during COVID and you are very passionate about it. I heard you speak about it. So would you tell us a little bit more about maybe what's going on in our senior adult ministry, why you're so excited about it and why it matters? You know, it's, it's one of those things that there's no doubt in my mind that just as passionate as I was for kids mm-hmm. and even through that children's ministry, I got to see seniors love on our kids in in so many ways. And I really attribute a lot of the success that we had on those sixth grade mission trips because our senior adults were praying for the kids on these trips. Mm -hmm. And in that, it began to cultivate this heart for our seniors Mm -hmm. because I realized that many of them live in isolation. Mm -hmm. They live alone. They don't have you know, just direct access with all of their family because their family, their kids are busy. Mm -hmm. And so, so many times they they just live alone. Yeah. And so Jerry Morrison and I have been working with Mm -hmm. what's called the SALT team, which is student action leadership, I'm sorry, senior adult leadership team. That's cool. Um, And so we're meeting together to talk about how can we pursue the seniors Mm -hmm. in our community? Yeah. How can we help them find gospel communities, mm-hmm. and how can we encourage and challenge them to reach seniors mm-hmm. in the area? Because we not only do we have seniors that live in isolation, we live, uh, we have a lot of seniors who are homebound. Mm. They physically can't leave their homes. Mm-hmm. We have seniors that live in retirement and nursing homes. In fact, mm-hmm. we have one lady that's one of ours that gathers other people around to watch Fielder online. Wow. And I was able to take to her supplies for them to do Lord's Supper wow. at this retirement center. Mm-hmm. So here's this lady mm-hmm. as a senior adult that's passionate to reach mm-hmm. the seniors around her. Yeah. So Jerry Morris and I have been working for our senior adult gathering. So we're gathering the first Wednesday of the month at 11 o'clock. And we're trying to work on how do we even diversify that? Mm -hmm. How do we reach our Pioneer campus? How do we reach our South Oaks Mm -hmm. campus? How do we reach our Grand Prairie? How Mm -hmm. do we reach Spanish speaking senior adults? These are questions that we don't have the answers to yet, but Mm -hmm. we're praying that God will lead and direct and guide because we want Mm -hmm. them to find their place in the body of Christ so that they can also use their gifts, talents, and abilities for the gospel. I love that. I know just a couple years ago, I was so blessed by a woman we sent out. And we, we talk about her a lot at Fielder Church, but Betty Marvin. And we sent her out whenever she was, like, I think, 90 years old. And um, 
I have never met a woman who was more prayerful, knew God's word front and back. She would such a source of encouragement in my life. And I was just a missions associate. You know, like I was just helping her fundraise, you know, and but she felt a call from God and she was a widow, said, no, I'm going to enter into this calling and I'm not going to let my age stand in the way. And as the missions team coming around her and equipping her to be sent, and she ends up being a part of leading several people to Christ in a nursing home up in Seattle. And just so a testimony beautiful. of a senior adult who loved Jesus so much and said, my age is not, it's a number, you know, but I am going to live my last days serving Jesus in the kingdom. And so I know you're cultivating that in the ministry here at Fielder. And so it's so beautiful to see us investing in every generation because everybody is, uh, matters to yes. God. So. I love that you're passionate about that. Um, I do know that another kind of big part of Fielder Church is our discipleship groups and our community groups. And I know that um, there's kind of different ways to form those together. But have you seen or maybe been a part of a multi-generational group and seen maybe why somebody should consider a group like that, um, not clinging to people who are exactly like them? Have you seen that or been a part of that? Or Well, kind of going back to that analogy that we started with. Yeah. So if you're sitting at that table and you've got different generations sitting at that table, mm -hmm. it allows you to get the perspective from the younger or the older, mm -hmm. um, not just those that are your peers, because it's a limited perspective. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've had just an opportunity to see a vast difference yeah. in, you know, multi-generational from that approach. Yeah. But I, I do know, like, even in my community group, JG and I are really trying to be intentional to pour into younger married couples. Oh, and I do know that there's a lot of that kind of uh, mm -hmm. cross-generational. So like some yeah. of our community group leaders that have been married and have kids that are even empty, you know, they're empty nesters, mm -hmm. they're yeah. pouring into younger um, generation so that yeah. they can influence theirs as well. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's, it's like what we were talking about before, Maddie, it's, I, I go back to the discipleship and I kind of think of my grandmother mm -hmm. and how that my grandmother used to make my favorite meal. <laughs> In fact, this meal that she would make, she created during a time where things were really tight, mm. just went into the pantry and got things out of the pantry and threw it together and created a dish that she called Mexican chicken. <laughs> and it is so delicious. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and what's so great about this process is she knew the recipe. And then she took that recipe and began to invest in teaching my parents, my mom, how to make that dish. Mm -hmm. And it's to the point now where my mom doesn't even have to follow the, the instructions. Wow. It's just from memory. And my mom then taught my sister and I mm -hmm how to do this. And then as we got married, our spouses, mm -hmm. but it began to spread even as my aunts and uncles and all of them mm -hmm. really began to understand the recipe of Mexican chicken, yeah. which is very delicious, by the way, yeah, I bet. especially I bet. with her homemade sopapillas. <laughs> wow. Mm, yes. Really, really good <laughs> um, stuff. Almost, yeah. But that really is a picture of what discipleship is. Yeah. The gospel is the recipe mm -hmm. that a generation has mm -hmm. to hand off to the next. Mm -hmm. And what we want mm -hmm. to do is to cultivate these environments through our community groups mm -hmm. and through discipleship mm -hmm. that we're helping people understand what does it mean for me to inhale the gospel mm -hmm. in my personal relationship so that I yeah. can hand that off as I excel the gospel mm -hmm. into my children, 
and even into yeah. those who are younger than me. It, it, mm -hmm. it makes me think in Timothy, where Paul's talking to Timothy, but he's talking of Timothy's faith that he received from his grandmother and his yeah, mother. It's good. You know, this is something that, that he's, he's encouraging because this was a faith that they owned mm -hmm. that the grandmother passed on to the mom and the mom to Timothy. But you also have individuals like Paul that was pouring into Timothy. Mm -hmm. I even think of the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, mm -hmm. where he's challenging us through the Shema to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, mm -hmm. and to put these things in our heart, but to then diligently impress them mm -hmm. upon our children. Yeah. I even think of Joshua when mm -hmm. he was going across um, the, the river, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. and God instructed them mm -hmm. to get rocks to pull those out, mm -hmm. to put them as a reminder mm -hmm. for the generations to be able to look back and say, look at what God has done. Yeah. And that's the reason why it's so important for generational discipleship mm -hmm. is because the stories of God's victory in our valleys that really help us face those mountains that are before mm. us, yeah. that we know that it's not in our strength, but yeah. it's the gospel that gives us the strength because mm -hmm. scripture says that his grace is sufficient mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. His power is made perfect in our weakness, mm -hmm. but it does take the generations investing in each other and not trying to fight to draw lines, yeah. but to welcome and celebrate the differences and the perspectives that we all bring so yeah. that we can learn from one another. Yeah, that's so good. That's blessing me, you know, as a millennial, a lot of times I think like, I have access to all the information, so I know everything, you know, uh, Lord is humbling me for sure, but other generations too, like Gen Z and just a lot of maybe kids or younger, uh, I don't know, people in their 20s or 30s that maybe think they have it all together and don't need wisdom from older generations. This is like good. Everybody needs to listen up and find somebody to maybe invest in them or disciple them uh, in these. So. Well, you know, it, it is a YouTube generation. Yeah. It is a Google generation. You can just Google it. Yeah. And it's been said that our kids have access to information. Mm -hmm. They just need people there to help interpret it. Yeah. And I think even like if you want to learn how to fix something, yes, you can YouTube it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's so much more beneficial if you've got someone there to model it. Mm -hmm. And how much more important yeah. of the gospel mm -hmm to have people model it mm -hmm. because more is caught than taught. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that even as me as a parent, one of the things that I try to teach my kids is your dad's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I even try to share in my imperfections and my vulnerabilities mm -hmm. so that they don't believe the lie that they have to be perfect. And that's been taught to me through my mom and dad. It's good. And so getting to pass this on to my kids yeah. so that they can walk in the freedom mm -hmm. of the gospel. Yeah. But that's even, mm -hmm. there's there's families here that they don't have their grandparents in the area. That's true. But that's the benefit of being a multi-generational mm -hmm. church mm -hmm. is we can gain from the knowledge of each other mm -hmm. and pass it on to each generation. Yeah, that's so good. I know I've been so blessed by my D group. I'm in a couples D group uh, that we... It's, married group, I guess. So I'm in it with Peter, who's my husband, and just getting to learn from our D group leaders. And they've been married for, for a long, long time. And so, yeah, getting to ask them questions and learn from them, learn from their mistakes and victories and has really blessed us in our marriage too, as we're trying to figure it out. So. Yeah. The way that I say it is um, Dave Ramsey has this financial thing that he refers to as a stupid tax. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've made a lot of financial decisions that I had to pay a stupid tax mm. on. But even in life choices, when it comes to marriage or yeah. it comes to parenting or just following Jesus, I've made a lot of 
bad choices. Yeah. I've had to pay the stupid tax. Mm -hmm. So as a person who has scars from that, mm -hmm. God has given me the ability to share my stories to help others avoid those same traps. Good. And that's the benefit mm -hmm. yeah. of a multi-generational mm -hmm. church, a multicultural mm -hmm. church, yeah. so that we can celebrate the differences because we celebrate ultimately mm -hmm. Jesus. That's good. That's good. Well, we know it's not all easy whenever we pursue differences or diversity, but what would you, how would you encourage the body of Christ or the listeners to say, hey, how would you encourage them to pursue differences, to pursue unity? What would you say to them? I think it, it really comes back to we first need to be a praying church. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that we can do it is pray that God makes us sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. And the way that we become sensitive to it is tuning into the Holy Spirit. So as we tune into the Holy Spirit, we become more obedient to step into moments that he prompts. Because too many times I get a hold ahead of the Holy Spirit, and that's where I cause chaos. Mm -hmm. But when I walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. I'm going to see the things that he wants me to see. I'm going to be where he wants me to be. Mm -hmm. And in that, I'm going to welcome the uniquenesses of the individuals because mm -hmm. I'm not looking at it through my lens, mm -hmm. but I'm looking at it through the lens of the gospel. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the other thing that we've got to do is we've got to be willing to tackle tough issues. Yeah. So many times we want to steer clear of them mm -hmm. um, and, and, and just take the easy course. Mm -hmm. But in tackling tough issues, we got to confront the reality of these situations. Yeah. That means we've got to sit at the table. Mm. We have to learn from your perspective, mm -hmm. learn from my per perspective, mm -hmm. and allow God to bring unity in the midst of our diversity. Mm -hmm. And it, in that, the goal of these conversations is really to enhance learning. It's good. Help me understand what you're walking through. Mm -hmm. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Yeah. And in that, what we do is we actually enhance the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to be so beautiful is because when we become a church that's central mm -hmm. to the gospel, mm -hmm. the world around us is going to take note. That's right. And they're going to see that there's something different about them. Mm -hmm. How is it that this church mm -hmm. that has so many different generations, so yeah. many different languages, so many different cultures mm -hmm. is able to work together? Yeah. That's and the true. only answer is Jesus. That's right. That's right. Hey, we're preaching. We're ending on a good note here. So um, thank you again for joining us. I've loved this conversation and I know that our listeners were also blessed. So thank you for your time and your wisdom. And I'm going to go home and chew on this conversation too. But um, if you have questions that maybe arose in you after this podcast episode, you can go to fielder.org slash podcast, drop a question there. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just comment below. We had a gentleman comment last week, and we actually ended up talking about that conversation today. So you never know, we may bring up your questions and form a whole podcast out of it. So I hope this conversation has blessed you as a follower of Christ to live outside the walls of the church and join us next week as we start a brand new podcast series where we are talking to our church planners. So join us all month of July where we have our church planners in here. So until we see you again next week, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let us know if you have any questions or feedback from today's episode by going to fielder.org slash podcast. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just leave a comment below. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review. That helps this message reach more people in our community because it's our hope this podcast will equip you and many others to live as a follower of Christ outside the walls of the church.